It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. That was Ryan Fitz Tragic. Ha! <laughs> After three picks last night. How dare you? Three picks last night as the Bucks go down to the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-27 to on Monday Night Football. Is this the 80s song of the day? Yes, it is. Mark? Mark Daniels. The Motley Crew. It is Motley yeah. Crew. Well done. All in the name of dot, dot, dot. Love the early Motley. Before they put the symbols above the O? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we just had Stan Van Gundy on. Yeah. And somebody just texted us, y'all didn't have the nads to take Stan to task about Mark Cuban, but now you want to say something. SMH, shake my head. Should we have taken Stan to task as he was actually defending Mark Cuban and Adam Silver uh, when we tried to compare Mark? I asked a follow-up question, so, I mean, I'm not going to be rude to the guy. He's nice enough to come on our show. He is a guest. Okay. He's a guest in our home, yeah. and when a guest in your home says something you disagree with but you respect that guest, you uh, say, you know, politely I, disagree with you, and then when they walk away, you talk uh, yeah. you talk crap about them yeah. with your wife. I was, about, <laughs> I was about to debate Stan, but the reason I didn't debate him because I saw right through. I knew what he was doing. Stan Van Gundy's an unemployed NBA coach who might want to coach in the NBA again someday, maybe even for Mark Cuban someday. Who knows? And, and I don't. I think Stan learned his lesson when he bucked David Stern all those years when David Stern was the commissioner. I think he's learned his lesson about that, and I don't think he wanted to question Adam Silver either. Mark? Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. If you look at the uh, reaction of the Maverick story, it, it wasn't NBA on NBA attack. It was media on NBA attack, and, and I think – and look, Stan has never shorted opinions of political social issues. Yeah, that's why. I, think, that's why I'm a little surprised he took the stance I, he did. But I do think again that, that that the NBA doesn't criticize the NBA. I mean, Mark Cuban has you know done that with officiating and things like that. But but I do think that was more of Stan saying, "Hey, in the NBA, we don't pick on the NBA." Although he used to pick on the NBA, but I, I, again, I think he learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard the answer, and I was. A little bit surprised, but then I kind of thought, as you were just thinking, that you know, it's hard to find the NBA picking on the NBA. So the reason I didn't debate Stan on it is because eh, the guy's trying to get a job, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, the only point that, that, that and Brandon, I forgot if your follow-up was this, so I apologize. Is when he said that the NBA exonerated Mark Cuban. I mean, there's there's enough details in the report to say no, they didn't. Yeah. I mean, they no, that wrote. Was not. They wrote that he was not connected, but there's enough stuff to like Stan. He he gave a race the one guy who admittedly beat the crap out of his wife, Earl Sneed. Yeah, yeah. Um, his CEO was there for 18 years. years yeah. yeah, and a repeated offender. So you know, when the NBA tells you that Mark Cuban was exonerated of being involved, yeah, that may not be a paper trail, but there was enough evidence that 
if he didn't know, he should have. And and and, and I always remember this one. But he the, did know about Earl Sneed, the guy who who beat up his wife. I think Mark Cuban knew, knew a lot more. The one thing that I remember about his interview with Rachel Nichols, and 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 I remember a lot of it is he said, "I was in the office maybe five times in fifteen years." <laughs> like what? Yeah. Huh? To me, the only difference between him and Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer didn't write the $10 million check. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. It's a settlement. It That's was what a, it feels like. It was a settlement. And then, you know, and, and, and I'm sure, even though they didn't call it a fine, maybe they were trying to you know, save Mark Cuban's reputation. That was a fine, is what that was. Well, the NBA limit, though, to finding an owner is $2 million. Yeah, but maybe that's why they yeah, didn't no, call no. it a fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws three interceptions in the second quarter last night. One of them a pick six, which was an awful pass. All right. Um, did he do? Has he done enough to save his, save his job for another week? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of stories involved here. Uh if he starts against the Bears this week, so what? Yeah. I mean, if you're the Bucks, you could answer that question, and I'm going to talk about this in my show. Um, you can answer the question a variety of ways, such as, of course he's going to start this week. Why not? Because even though Jameis has been practicing on his own, he's not game ready to play. 28 days since he's been at practice. Right. So, so why would I put him out there on the field? On a short week. Right. Um, so, so that's the easy answer. Is that no? We're starting Ryan this week. Why? Because he's the quarterback we're going with this week, and you can understand that. Um, you could take stats any way you want, as you were talking today. He threw for forty yards again. So why would you bench a guy like that? But I think the Bucks have to uh, uh, look at a bigger picture about what is it you want. Is the future at quarterback for the Bucks on the roster? That that's a good question. We don't know. We don't know. With a coach that you think has to win. All that plays into the mix of this and makes it not a s- simple question about, well, he's back, of course he's going to play, and you got a coach that's in year two of a five-year contract. It's a big difference. I-, I brought this up earlier. You know, everybody just assumes that Ryan Fitzpatrick is eventually going to turn back into Ryan Fitzpatrick and be the in- NFL journeyman he's always been, but I brought up Rich Gannon years and years ago with the Oakland Raiders. He was always a journeyman, and then... He gets to a team and a coach that he connected with and he became an MVP when he was with the Raiders under John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe this is that for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe he's finally with a team. Well, then the answer to the question I just asked is yes, then, if you believe that. I don't know that I believe but it. I'm just... but, but listen, contracts come into play here. Uh, you're right that Gannon was a journeyman that got to Oakland. It worked in the system that John Gruden wanted, and he enjoyed success there. Fast forward to where you are for the Bucks. Fitzpatrick doesn't have a uh, you know multi-year guaranteed deal, but you have to make that decision. A- and the future quarterback for the Bucks may be playing college right now. Yeah, yeah, but again, he's got. Listen to the Dirk Cutter clip when he was asked about the decision he has to make. Let's see what happens. I mean, I'd love to get a chance to talk to Jameis face-to-face before I tell the rest of the world. We love Jameis. I mean, Jameis is uh, he's a member of our team and uh, anxious to get him back. He'll, he'll be great in our locker room, and I know Jameis, whatever role that, that he ends up in, I know Jameis will embrace that role and give it everything he's got. What does he mean, like punter? <laughs> now, to me, he's pretty much telling you Fitzpatrick starting, but when he says whatever role Jameis is going to have, he, he will embrace it. To me, that's him saying he's going to embrace the role of being the backup this week. 
Yeah, because I think the out's easy. That he hasn't played in a month. Yeah. I'm, I'm not putting him out there to play right now. And you know, the bigger question really is in week five and week six. And it, it, in a way, uh, Cutter gets a free game this week. Free game. They want to win. I'm saying. If you go to Chicago, and then the Bears' defense is a little bit better now, obviously, with Khalil Mack there, and Fitzpatrick struggles, then it's easier because you're, you know, but if he plays well, then he plays well. I just looked up Gannon's numbers. They're pretty good. The four years that he was there as a, the main starter, then he was two when he was injured. But uh, he was 34 through 37, uh, started all 16 games all four years, threw for 3,400 or more all four years, threw for 24 touchdowns or more all four years. Yeah. It was really good. Here's the other reason I think Fitzpatrick continues to start. His his receivers are absolutely defending him last night. Mike Evans said, hey, those picks, some of them were our fault. And we said that the locker room's going to go a long way, and Fitzpatrick today still may have more credibility and respect than uh, Jameis does. I don't think there's any question. We're signing off in Jacksonville, but Mark and I will continue the bridge here in Orlando. If you're in Jacksonville and want to keep listening, Go to iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app at 96.9 The Game. Let's pause for station identification. WIGM Orlando, WJRRHD2 Cocoa Beach. We are Orlando's sports leader. Now back to The Bridge with Mike Bianchi and Mark Daniels. Yeah, I was listening to some of those uh Mike Evans clips last night when they were asking him about Ryan Fitzpatrick's interceptions, and it was almost like Evans, how dare you blame Ryan Fitzpatrick? Those were our fault. Yeah, look, again, (laughs) don't assume that uh, the locker room is openly embracing Jameis Winston. I I don't think so at all. I think there's a bitterness like, dude, you've had opportunities. You've lost the... You've lost the ability of winning our respect just because your suspension's over. Now I think you've got to go earn it. And, and, you know, when it comes a time that Jameis Winston gets back in the lineup to play, whether he comes in a ball game or starts a game, he's got to prove it. Uh, Otherwise, the locker room's like, listen, grow up. You haven't earned our respect yet. Or again. So, (laughs) Tony Dungy, by the way, in the ring of honor last night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. What in the hell took so long for that? I don't know, but did you see? I mean, did you see any of the uh, 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 celebration? No. Nah. Mike, I feel old. Those players look old. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Uh, but some of those players that were there, are like, wow, they're old. That means I'm old. And so, I don't know. I mean, teams and Hall of Fames and rings of honor. I, I don't okay, know. Okay, but are. here's what bothers me, all right? I mean, Tony Dungy. He's already an NFL Hall of Famer. All right, so here's here's the 12 other people that are in the ring of honor before Tony Dungy. Leroy Selman, nobody has an argument with that. Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, nobody has an issue with them. John McKay, I guess because he's the first coach, all right? Um, John Gruden, which I, I have a— I guess. It wasn't because of his one-loss record. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. John Gruden, I have a real issue with him going in before Tony Dungy. Malcolm Glazer, the— Late owner, I have a real issue with him going in ahead of Tony Dungy. John Lynch, have no problem with. Here's the one I really have the problem with. Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott is in the Bucks ring of honor before Tony Dungy. Mike Allstott, who was essentially just a, he was the Daryl Armstrong of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, he was a pop. Yes, he was, just, he was a popular player. Player who wasn't really all that good. 
he wasn't really all that good. Hard to measure fullbacks, but okay. on, on a stat And that's sheet, the other but. thing. He wasn't a fullback. He was not a fullback. <laughs> that's why he got made all those Pro Bowls as a fullback when he wasn't a fullback. He was a terrible blocker. Kind of like a center in the East in the NBA. Yes, he was a terrible blocker. He wasn't a fullback. He was a running back who was just okay. He was a white running back. That's why he's in the Ring of Honor. This all-star bashing moment is brought to you by. No, I've always, I've, 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 I, look, I mean, why Tony Dungy didn't get in before? I don't know. Maybe Tony didn't want to go in. Maybe timing. Oh was yeah, oh right yeah. Don't put me in the I Ring don't of know. Honor. I, 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 I have no idea. Stop it. No idea. <laughs> Jimmy Giles is in the Ring of Honor before Tony Dungy. Is he really? Yeah. Paul Gruber. Wow. Paul Gruber was a hell of an offensive lineman. He was Joe Thomas before Joe Thomas. Right? I mean, bad teams, yeah. yeah. The other, Doug Williams, obviously he belongs in. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my little gripe. Magic Media Day yesterday. What do uh-huh. you think? Uh, I think that Steve Clifford believes with a healthy roster that the team is much better just because of a healthy roster. When he was on with us briefly, he talked about that, of, of, of Fournier, Ross, and Vucevic, he went back to the beginning of the season and just said, listen, they're playing well, and all of a sudden the injuries began to mount, and you know, then lack of depth uh, catches up. So I think he feels that they're going to be better if they're healthy. Um, I asked him, and, I, and I'm sure you did, everybody did, how do you balance the development of Isaac and Bamba with wanting to win games and Nick Vucevic that's a proven center in the NBA? And, you know, it's like, well, we go out there and, play and see what's the best rotation in minutes and things like that. I like the question. I, I, I think Brandon was doing it with uh, uh, Nick Vucevic about do the amount of minutes matter to you? And his answer was, yeah. Yeah, he was just <laughs> Damn, he was very just, matter of fact about it. Yeah, that didn't sound like a guy that's willing to go to 24 minutes a game. Right. That sounded like a guy was like, no, I'm a starter in the NBA, and you better believe minutes matter to me. Might they trade him? He looked him at me like a, I was crazy. Th- what, might what? They might trade Vucevic, I think. Might? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think they definitely will? I I mean, unless Steve Clifford figures out a way to make the rotation work, that Mo Bamba is the one that comes off the bench and gets less minutes, which at the beginning of the season is fine. But as the year goes along, if if the Magic clearly look like they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, if you're if you're sold no on the front reason fr- to keep Nick Vucevic. Yeah, if you're sold on the front line of the future of Bomba, Isaac and Aaron Gordon, yeah, there's no reason. Right. So, uh, you know, but at some point it's like, all right, now they're 8 games under 500, they're 7 games out of the 8th spot. Uh Nick Vucevic should be a sought after guy at the deadline just because of his contract. I was thinking this the other day as I'm talking to Vucevic. If if Nick Vucevic who you know, obviously he's a He's a good player for the Magic. Probably been their best player over the last you know, four or five years. If he were on a really good team, I mean, if he were on the Warriors, how valuable would he be? I mean, a guy who can... Well, I don't know how valuable because the Warriors have just gone through rotation of guys in that yeah. position, so it's not that big of a deal. But 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 your question's a good one. If he played on a basketball team that had two real stars, the NBA, he'd be the perfect complement. Uh, for you, I, look, I, I don't dislike Nick Butcher. He's very good at what he does. He just doesn't do anything you remember. Um, he's a classic double-double machine and stuff. But what I have felt bad for Nick Vucevic is what he's gone through in these six years. The prime of his NBA career has been wasted as far as winning championships and contending. He's developed as a player. There's no question about that. But 
he's the last guy standing here that has dealt with all of the losing and the coaching changes and the management turnover and all that stuff and tanking and, and, and everything. That guy's been through all of it. I mean, Alfred Payton's gone. It's Vucevic that has been here. And I said last year, I could never blame him if he walked in to the office and told Hammond and Waltman, please trade me. This is terrible. The prime of my career is being flushed down the toilet here. He's never done that, though. As far as we know, he told Brandon yesterday that he's happy here and he wants to stay here long term. I I admire that. Well, there's something to be admired about it because, uh, and we've talked about it many times, Mike, the, 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 the losing that mounts year after year after year, how does it not get to you and translate to in-game execution sometimes? How many games do you think Nick Vucevic has played where it's a, a, a two- or three-point game with three, four minutes to go and he has no confidence they're going to win? Because that's what they don't do. They don't have someone that can make the shot. The other team does, and they lose by seven. How many games do you think Nick Vucevic has seen like that? Yeah. But I, I do think it's admirable that so many players would try to force their way out. And we're seeing with Jimmy Butler, and not that he's in Jimmy Butler's class, but so many players try to force their way out of bad situations. Nick Vucevic is trying to force his way into staying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think he <laughs> Don't trade me. I think it says force way into staying. I think Nick Vucevic wants an Aaron Gordon-type contract next. Is really His contract is really a bargain when you think oh, about there's it. There's no question it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you still don't want that type no, of player. you drafted Mo Bamba. Yeah, yeah. So, Josh Robbins wrote a story for Media Day: the Magic's identity this year. What is their? What is? Uh, there I is guess one we, right now. I guess we don't know what their identity is yet. No, there is no face of the franchise. You have no idea: is Mo Bamba going to be a star immediately, or is he going to be a developing player? Same deal with Jonathan Isaac. I mean, isn't Aaron Gordon sort of the face of the franchise? I argue that. I just think Aaron Gordon is a person that has paid a lot of money that fans now think his performance is going to jump because he's now paid. Aaron Gordon's going to be the same player as he was last year. As Steve Clifford said yesterday, they may work on his outside shot more, they may work on this, but he's not about to become one of the NBA's 10 best players just because he got a big contract. He got a big contract because it's the business of the NBA. More power to him. But you think he's going to score eight more points a game? Mm, probably not. Well, then that's what he is. Yeah. I'm going to be Pollyanna here for a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. When you when you look at the East, obviously the East, you know Boston is the class of the East. I think everybody would agree with that now, right? Well, outside of the Knicks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So LeBron's gone. The East is not wide open, but the the bottom four, you know. The four through eight seeds in the East, all right? Pretty much wide open, you would think. All right, if the Magic stay healthy, follow me here. If the Magic stay healthy, the East is going to be easier this year. So just by the, fa- just by the fact that the Magic, if they stay healthy, the East is easier, couldn't they, couldn't they win 15 more games this year? And couldn't that put them in the playoff hunt? Uh, yes, but when you say that the East is easier, I mean, you're uh, the Cavs are the lone team that is yeah. no longer, okay, but it's not like four of the teams have folded. Not folded, but but it's not like those four teams were so great last year. Like, no, I mean, uh, here, I think you'll agree that uh, Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, and if you believe Indiana. Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll okay. put them in there. Then there's probably the step down to the Heat. 
mm-hmm. and the Bucks. Yes. And then you're getting into a combination of the Wizards, Pistons, Hornets, Magic, Knicks, Nets, Bulls, and all sorts of stuff. So the answer is, sure, the team, if they stay healthy, could find themselves in a playoff hunt at the end of the season. I mean, my only point is it's not like four teams lost our players. One team did. Okay, but the Magic won 25 games last year, right? Yeah. What was the— You needed eight- 43 to make the playoffs. Okay, 25, 35. 18. Yeah, 18. <laughs> so that's 18 more wins, all right? Yes. Um, That may be may a— not be, I mean, again, that's the way the numbers fell. Uh, Stan's team was, you know, ninth with 39. So if the goal is to play 500 basketball, okay, well— that's that that that's the difference of what you got to do. What were the Hornets the year before Clifford took over? Weren't they? They were terrible. They were terrible, and then their first year they made the playoffs, right? Oh, I'm not arguing that the Magic are no, healthy. Yeah, that yeah. they certainly could be among. Really, what you're talking about to me is again. I think there's that top group. Then you know teams like Milwaukee, to a degree, Miami have some established players. You're really talking six to twelve. Yeah. So so, so those. You know, those those teams fighting for two, three spots. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of other teams fighting for that as well. I understand. I understand. But there is at least a a pin a pin light of hope. Right? Well it, of making the playoffs. Well, yes, because I think that the East is not as deep as the West, so your chance to be in the top eight is much greater uh in the East, where I think you have a chance to kind of go from where the magic went to being in a playoff hunt. Look, you'll agree, magic fan would just like meaningful games after yes. President's Day. Yes. And, and and we haven't experienced a game in mid-March that mattered. Even if you're three games out of the eighth spot, at least that would matter. And I think a Magic fan would like that. And, and you know, you want to make the playoffs, but just take a fan for 82 games. Keep them entertained. Keep yes. them interested. You know, even when you get to April, and, and if you know what, hey, they fell two games short, but you look back and go, that was fun. They were in the playoff hunt, and they developed this guy, this guy. That's okay for a Magic fan right now. Right now it is. Absolutely it is. Peace, love, boiled peanuts. Have a great show. It is sports next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.